Hello, and welcome to the Living on a Mission podcast. We're excited to have you as we seek to learn, grow, and challenge each other to grow closer to the Lord. Be sure to follow and listen as we release a new episode every Thursday. Hey, are we live? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Living on Mission Podcast. I'm your host, Brayden Ward, and today we find ourselves in the middle of South Carolina with my good friend, Alex. Hey, man, it, it, this is Alex. It's really good to be here. Really good to, uh, um, yeah, super excited to record um, about the Living on Mission Podcast and hopefully hopefully to share in God's word with with you and all the listeners. Um, we just pray this that this is an encouragement to everyone who hears, so. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys have been following along with this podcast, I've actually taken a break for uh, the last six months, uh, taking a break. And so we're, we're hoping to open up this as a season two of the Living on Mission podcast, mm-hmm. which features um, Season of Doubts. And so uh, during those six months, I kind of took off at the beginning of it. I really was kind of battling some of these doubts that we're going to go over. Um, and the point of this podcast, uh, really, I want to... Uh, lay down some of the doubts that we were, especially I was having, yeah, um, and then um, explain them, and also hopefully then encourage uh, unbelievers and the saints. So uh, that's kind of the the um, the point of this uh, is to encourage, and also uh, we realize we don't have all the answers. We're yeah. twenty four and twenty years old. We don't have all the answers here. We're not trying to uh, convince you that we are we have everything aligned, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, we have tried to study, and we also we want to you to know that these doubts are are uh, are regular that they yeah. uh, they they happen. Um, so, <clears throat> really, I want to start out here by prefacing just a little bit, just so we get some groundwork of some of the questions I was having. Um, and uh, I want to start by by giving a little bit of a story. I was I was once actually at church. I think this was in August. I was at church and. Um, there was kind of a prompt given at a men's Bible study, and the prompt was, um, okay, so uh, how do we, like, what keeps us from Jesus? And, and a man, a gentleman in the back kind of was giving an answer first, and he's like, well, I think, uh, you know, a lot of things limit us from Jesus, like the government or, uh, you know, just bad people, things like that. And I, and I went home that night, and I was just thinking it, and it really, fr- it really started to frustrate me because... If this God is as big and as as worthy as we're talking about, then nothing, not the government, not not people, not other opinions, are going to limit us from from knowing and sharing the Word of God. And so uh, I started to begin to think about kind of the life that I was living. I felt like uh, kind of being blown and tossed by by the sea, by not really being solidified in my beliefs, um, and also. Um, just just experiencing the culture of Christianity, especially in the South, mm. which is one of the most dangerous places as a Christian, because mm. you have these nominal believers that say, yes, I believe in God, but we can't defend our faith and we don't know why we believe what we believe. And that's mm. why the heartbeat behind this podcast is because I want to dive into why do we believe what we believe as Christians? We should be able to defend our faith. So I'm going to dive in here real quick. Some of the some of the doubts that I was having, uh, just to be honest. Uh, the first question, which what we're going to address today, is God good? How can he be good? Yeah. Obviously, this question uh, we've been answering for uh, thousands of years, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, church hurt, um, institutional hurt uh, with the name Christian associated with with it. Um, a lot of times I believed, I started to believe that ministry is just a way for men to use the name of Jesus as a personal platform. Mm-hmm. Um, politics and conservatism. 
Um, if I've heard this before several times, if you're a Democrat, then you can't be a Christian or uh, even rationalizing God. Um, it, it's it's a hard con. You can't rationalize God. Um, you can't, you know, and I believed a lot of times by concept, but not by faith. I was confused. Why am I, you know, I'm standing here worshiping and I believe these words by concept and I can, I can share what I, I can share anything. You know, I've grew up in church. I know how to, I know how to talk the talk mm, or even walk the walk, but actually without faith. Yeah. Um, and, and questions about the inherency of scripture, um, contradicting itself. Um, and, and not feeling like uh, I didn't hear from God. Maybe I, I, I also had questions. Well, maybe I'm just not predestined or something. And so we're all excited about, you know, to right here on the Living on Mission to kind of jump in uh, with the first question. What we're going to address today, uh, and I'll give it over to Alex, is, is God good? Yeah, uh, that's that's really good, Braden. And I think um, what's super helpful and important in asking these questions is to ask them and to not be afraid or ashamed to ask them. Um, I think that it's really beneficial when we ask hard questions because um, if, if we have faith in a big God, then we have faith that that big God can answer our questions, right? Um, and so just to preface before we before we get into it is that uh, God is not afraid of your questions nor mine, and he's not afraid to answer them according to his word, right? Um, I think a lot of times we go to outside sources to try and uh, answer these, these questions about God, but Truly, his word is is what tells us about God. And, uh, you know, I thought, I thought of the scripture as you were um, talking about defending the faith. And we as Christians are called uh, to defend the faith. First um, Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And we see so clearly here, um, Peter, Peter's commanding us to um, always be prepared to make a defense, right? Like uh, know what you believe and then be ready to make a defense for people who ask you, right? Because uh, if we as Christians go around proclaiming the name of Christ and then when we, when we are met with any adversity from an unbeliever as we're sharing the gospel and we are just stumped, I mean, that that doesn't make us look, that doesn't make the teachings of Christ look very attractive. Um, that, that's Titus 3. Um but yeah, so I just think it's it's helpful to have a defense for the faith and um and know what we believe and why we believe it. Um mm. so yeah, uh yeah. first question. So is it is God good, right? Um scripture is completely littered with uh the proclamation of God's goodness, of God's holiness, of God's righteousness, of God's uh faithfulness to his promises. Um and so we see the character of God so clearly uh, portrayed in the scriptures, right? Um, and, and so I, as I think about that, I think about this example about like, hey, if you want to know if a Chick-fil-A sandwich is good, right, you're going to go and get a Chick-fil-A sandwich. You're going to go to Chick-fil-A and, and, and try one, right? You're not going to just take someone's word for it, but you're going to want to get the real thing and then make your own uh, determination according to your experience, right? According to you going and trying it for yourself. And so... Um, yeah, as, as we think about, is God good? How can God be inherently good? Um, I, I think it's helpful and necessary to, uh, go to God's primary source, uh, primary resource for his character, which is the word of God, which is the scriptures. Uh, we see that in the very beginning, God created the world according to his word. It says he spoke, he spoke and it was like, he spoke the world into existence. And, and as we Think about God's character, his word is always um, 
so high on his priority list. It says his word is um, at the same level as his name, like his personhood, uh, you know, his words that, that is at that same level. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll dig into some some scriptures about how God is good, how God can be good. <laughs> And then hopefully answer some questions, um, some some rebuttals well, against that. So I, I want to, yeah, yeah, Alex, I, I appreciate you opening this up because I do think, so we're, we're stepping into a little bit of like a high level, you know, epistemology a little bit. But, you know, a lot of times with defending God is good with scripture is circular reasoning. And so it's like, you know, well, like there has to be something other than that. And I look at the, and even if we talk about scripture itself, there's scripture verses I can pull out here in a second, I, I will, that are directly kind of speaking against God's goodness, I believe. Um, and so in, in my opinion, and in, in looking at this world, it's like either God is more apathetic and more of a deist God. He created everything and then take a step back and kind of let evil or, you know, things run its course. Or he is completely controlling and his hands on, but he's just, he cannot be good because there's no, uh, I mean, look at our world today, how evil, I mean, things like the Holocaust, cancer, COVID, I mean, things that are just insanely evil. Yeah. Um, and I want to even pull up a verse here because you're mentioning verses um, mm-hmm. on why God is good. So let's talk about Numbers 11.1. 1. It says, uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles, now the people complained about their hardships in hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. And so I'm reading this. People complained about hardships and hearing the Lord. And then uh, he heard them and he was angry and burned some of, among them. And to me, I'm like, first off, um, I've complained before. So would the Lord just burn me up? And second off, uh, I mean, that does not sound like a good father to me. Yeah. Uh, very, very valid concerns here. Um I think that this is a, a prime text that can certainly be ripped straight out of its context, right? And so as we look at Scripture, I'd like to, uh, yeah, just look at Scripture within the, the entire context of, of how God wrote it, right? Because he, he had a purpose for the writers. He had a purpose for the way he wrote it. And there, there's nothing in Scripture that uh, um, that is not purposed and, and detail-oriented, right? And so, yeah, very valid concern. So, uh, Numbers 11, 1, and the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Right. And so uh, we see clearly that uh, the people were complaining about the character of God. They were complaining about uh, they were ascribing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like they were they're were blaming God for their own misfortune. Um, and we understand that. This world is broken and that and that uh, misfortune that comes to people actually comes from the fall, right? The fall of man in Genesis three. And so we, we understand that according to scripture that this world is fractured and this world is, is broken. And so uh, any bad thing that happens in this world is the result of sin entering the world, not um, an indictment on the character of, of God. Right. And so uh, we, we see that they're blaming God for their own sin. And then. Uh, we see that God in his justice, in his character, and in his holiness and righteousness is that he is taking care of sin and, and he is just in judging the people for their sin. Um, and I think that when we hear that, we, we may be a little bit uncomfortable because we, we, we understand that God is just. Um, but I think it's good to mention that we want God to be just. Even if we don't think it, 
in, in our own pride, we actually do want God to be just. Because if God judged some sins, some heinous sins, say murder, rape, um, you know, all the things, we would say that is just. Uh, but we don't really want God to judge our pride or our sexual morality or our, or our secret sins. Um, and if God didn't judge all sin equally, he would not be just and therefore he would not be holy and righteous. And then therefore we couldn't trust him. Right. And so I think it's good to know that if, if God is if God truly is holy, if God is righteous, if God is just, then we have to understand there's no small sin. Any sin against a holy and a righteous God is eternal um, and is is heavy. Right. Um, no, no, there's no such thing as a small sin in God's eyes, right? Because because he is holy, and therefore um, he, he must punish sin. Um, and then also to to uh, put the verse back in its context, if we keep reading into verse two, it says that then the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. And so we see that God is not only we see the character of God portrayed pretty beautifully in this passage in simply two verses is that we see God's holiness. We see God's justice. We see God's righteousness. Uh, and we also see his mercy. We see God's compassion. We see his grace towards his people. Um, we see that the uh, God's people cried out to Moses, who um, if you study scripture in depth, you'll, you'll see that Moses is actually a picture of Christ and what Christ did for us, right? Um, Moses was the intercessor for the nation of Israel. And um, and so when they when they asked Moses to pray to the Lord, um, we actually see that Moses or that, that the Lord responded to Moses' prayer and and the fire died down. We see God's mercy and compassion when his people come to uh, the intercessor. Right. Um, and so in, in the same way, nowadays, as as Christians living post-resurrection, we uh, we understand that Christ is our intercessor, all right? Hebrews talks about how Christ is our great high priest. Christ is uh, sacrificed once for all. Uh, Christ has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified in him. Um, he has died once that we might become the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. um, in his love for us, God sent his son so that we would have eternal life in him. And so, um, yeah, we, we see not only God's justice in this passage, but um uh, I think it's helpful to read passages in context, and then we'll see that actually when you go to the intercessor, when, when God's people go to the intercessor, which then was Moses and now is Christ, we see that God is merciful and loving um, as well as just and righteous. Yeah, so Alex, first off, um, thanks for sharing that. There, there's a lot there that, mm -hmm. you know to unpack. Sure. I think the first thought that comes in my mind um, is, you know, we talk about justice and it doesn't seem fair, you know, like talking about mm. uh, rape and murder in the same sentence as pride and, and some of the gossip and, and things yeah. like that. that. That doesn't make sense in my mind, you know, uh, because I want justice. And I think there's a level of justice that we seek to have in this world. Mm. But true justice is only found in eternity with right. and by God. He defines justice. Yeah, I think. You know, when when talking about all this, especially in our world in America, mm -hmm. it says we are the main character. We actually listened to a sermon mm. the other day. Yeah. And I think that plays into our individualistic society, yep. which <clears throat> then leads to believing that goodness should happen to us or the world because we are the center of it. And maybe even we think we should define goodness. Ooh. And so 
in that we believe that we should define goodness, which leads to thinking that we are required to um, handle justice. Yeah. When that is the Lord's doing. Yeah. And that, that's hard to, that's hard. That takes a lot of faith, honestly. It, it really does take a lot of faith to be able to um, believe that. And um, actually, just off the, could I add something to that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, um, I liked, I like what you said a lot about how we, um, especially in America, I mean, it's not, it's not so in Eastern countries, in Eastern countries, it's very communal, uh, very, um, other people oriented and, uh, but in America and Europe, it's very, it's very individualistic. Right. And, um, yeah, like we, we, we think we are the main character. We think we are the judge. We think we are the, um, determiner of goodness and, and righteousness. We are determined the, the determiners of good and evil. Um, but you know, if we just, if we just look back at scripture again, we'll get the answer to that real quick. Um, and so, uh, I, I think it says in Isaiah how we thought we were like God, uh, but there's none like him. But mm. And we think we are like God, but uh, uh, and we try and take the place of God by by mm-hmm. trying to define in ourselves according to our reasoning and our rationalization what mm-hmm. is good and what is evil. Uh, but if you you know look back at Genesis, we're essentially taking the 21st century role of Satan, right? Uh, mm. When we try to become the, the the judge of what is good and evil, uh, we become Satan, essentially, right? Uh, in the garden, Satan um, called God a liar. He said, you know, did God really say that? Did God really say you can't eat that fruit? Um, and mm-hmm. Satan essentially, yeah, Satan called God a liar and tempted mm-hmm. um, Adam and Eve to mm-hmm. to make their own determination of what was, what was good. Yeah. Like, it, it, hey, this will give mm-hmm. us knowledge. This will give us wisdom. Um, but, but we see now that it was futile because now we're all suffering the consequences of that. And... Yeah, I, I think that if we are to have a rational, if we were to have a intellectual, if we were to have a faith-based understanding of good and evil, it needs to come from God's word and how he defines it. Because God is not changeable. God uh, does not change like us and get swayed by every wind of doctrine, but his word and his character does not change. And I think that makes him very trustworthy. And if we would just humble ourselves, submit ourselves to that, mm-hmm. I think we'd find ourselves in a much better place. Yeah, I think, you know, that this plays into a lot because I think even, even in the context of like ministry or church, mm. you can have selfish or prideful motives. I've seen it even in myself, you know? And so uh, we have to constantly be checking our motives and checking our pride um, because it's so easy in an entertainment driven world and society to uh, also entertain ourselves all the time and just satisfy our own selves. Yeah. And so I think a lot of this, these questions and these questioning of, even this deconstruction movement has mm. a lot to do with our selfishness and pride because we are not realizing that we deserve hell and we have to realize our depravity. Yet there's a balance to also having a confidence in Christ because in like in, in 1 John 3, it says, we see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Yeah. And so it takes a lot of trust in that and faith and uh, in Hebrews 11, I know we were actually reading this earlier. Uh, in Hebrews 11, it, it says by faith. And then it says, you know, Abraham or Rahab, like by faith, blank happened. And mm-hmm. that is said over 25 times in that chapter alone. And Hebrews 1, 11, 1 through 2 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that we are 
that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I think that we have to realize that by faith, we realize that this is not our world here on earth, but we, we long for eternity. We are not satisfied by this world. We do not aim for complete justice on this world, but we aim for eternity where we, we have a hope in Christ yeah. to, to spend eternity with him. And then also with all the evil and the suffering that happens, those moments are life-defining moments that actually draw us nearer to Christ. Yeah. How many times those life-defining moments have I just been on my knees and been like, God, I don't understand. I don't understand why, which leads us to just understanding and by faith, loving him and and seeking him yeah, for man. our life here on earth. That's that's really good, Braden. And I just want to add one thing to that on the uh, in the vein of, you know, through suffering, through evil, actually God produces good things from it. He uses those for his own glory. And we see that so clearly uh, displayed for us in the cross, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, Jesus knew, Jesus was fully God. He was fully man. And Jesus knew, uh, you know, what his lot was. And that was to uh, bear the sins of the world on his shoulders and to endure the wrath of God so that God's people would be saved. And so we even see, and, and when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, He's like, God, like, why? Like, if this cup can pass, take it from me. But nonetheless, your will be done. And so we see that even Jesus, the God man, had a mo had many moments of affliction and of suffering and of anxiety. And um, and he just didn't want it to happen. Right. Uh, but, but ultimately, he submitted himself to the will of the father so that um, the greatest evil that ever occurred to anybody ever in the history of the world was laid upon him um, by evil men because Jesus was innocent. And so we actually see in the gospel, God uses, God, God purposed the greatest evil in the world that ever occurred to the most innocent and perfect person who ever walked the face of the earth for the good of others, for the good of those who believe in him, the eternal good of those who believe in him and for the glory of the father. And so, um, as we ask these questions, as we, um, yeah, as we think, man, how could how could God allow suffering to happen? Well, He didn't just allow it; but he, he walked in it for us mm. in the person of Jesus. And so um, now we know that we actually have a, a great High Priest who can sympathize with us. Mm -hmm. We have an intercessor, not like Moses, but a perfect one who mm -hmm. can sympathize with us in our weaknesses, um, and one who endured the worst evil for for our own good. So. Mm -hmm. Um, as we, as we ask, how is God good? Well, God is good because of the gospel. God is mm -hmm. good because he sent his son that whoever would believe in him, um, w would have eternal life and have a hope mm -hmm. and a future, um, and by faith be reconciled to him. So, yeah, I think if you, Alex, I appreciate you, you sharing that because it just brings us back to the main point, uh, which is Jesus' death on Christ. Right. Yeah. And we should always be reminded of that and, and daily. And we have to be. Yeah. Um, I think if you make yourself greater, the less you can see the goodness of God. Right. Um, and then also, if you base your beliefs on something other like, you know, for me, I have had moments where I've based my beliefs on other Christians. And when they fail, then I am I'm hurt. And so in the church or walking within Christian leaders and listening to them, and they may fail because they are not Christ, but we serve a perfect father. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, with all these doubts, um, 
normal. I think those these doubts should be normalized, and our churches should be the first to welcome these doubts, not to cast them aside. Yeah. We should be able to come seek and find because seasons of doubts are inevitable. They will happen, and I believe that actually internal battles and intrusive thoughts is where the devil really works. Um, but it can be a good thing. I went through some of these doubts, which helped solidify my beliefs. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think that's really good. And, um, you know, I, I think that doubting a lot of times comes from experiences and how our experiences could actually uh, spur on doubts to to come. Right. And uh, it, we're experiencing things in this world that make us doubt the goodness of God. Um, but I think will be really beneficial for us as we are going through doubts. I, I think that Let's come to God with our doubts. Mm -hmm. Let's say, God, would you inform my experiences? I, I think that if we come to God's word um, when we have these uh, hard experiences, I think that he's faithful to inform our um, our experiences with his truth. And then we can see it in his proper context. Mm -hmm. um, and then as well, I think that, um, yeah, like, like you said, um, doubting a lot of times can be the devil's playground. Mm -hmm. But. I think it can also be one of God's greatest tools to work for our good, right? Mm -hmm. And to lead us into greater sanctification. And um, yeah, I just think it depends on how we come about uh, or how we go about rather our doubts. And as we go about answering these questions, um, let's not just turn to yeah. unreliable sources, but let's turn to God's truth mm -hmm. and see what he will do with it. Because, you know, I believe and I know you've experienced this and I, I have as well, is that God is faithful to answer our questions according to his word. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that will ultimately lead to, to our good. Yeah. So, And, you know, e even as we're talking, I'm just so thankful for the Lord's goodness. Yeah. Because if we did not have a God that defined goodness and was good, then our definition of goodness would just be based off of our own moral like experiences. I, I just, right? I do not under, like I tried to uh, understand um, a, like agnostic beliefs, but I have no understanding without a belief in God or uh, a really a, a more hand in God and defining himself as good. Um, the father defining himself as good. Then good is based up off our own moral standards or mm -hmm. the common law which then, I mean, it, it just, it, there's no order. And God is a God of order, which is right. so beautiful. That's right. Um, and so, and, and really even these doubts, you know, think about Thomas. Thomas is famous for having doubted the resurrection of Jesus and for demanding physical proof of the wounds of Christ's crucifixion. And he was labeled doubting Thomas. And even in Matthew 28, the same chapter of the Great Commission, we see in verse 16, it says, then the, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, even seeing him, they, some doubted. it. Yeah. And then a few verses later, it's the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Yep. And so what my point in this is saying is doubting does not, doubting does not make you void of sharing the gospel. That's right. Because we all have doubts at some point. Come to the Father and don't sit in your doubts. Seek and find, share these doubts seek the truth and be able to defend what you believe. Yeah, I think that's really good. And even as you talk about, you know, uh, uh, how Thomas was not void of sharing the gospel or was not disqualified um, from sharing the gospel just because he had some doubts. I think of the Apostle Paul, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the Apostle Paul was a persecutor of the church. He killed God's people. He was uh, there when Stephen was stoned, the, the first martyr. And so, um, you know, and now we all know him as the great apostle, the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he wrote, what is it, like 75% of the New Testament, right? 
So God uses evil for our good. He uses evil for our glory, and he can use our doubts as well for his glory and for our good and and for the furthering of the kingdom, right? He mm-hmm. uses doubting people um, to, yeah, to make much of himself. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, God is good. God is is, is love, truly. Uh, once we press through our experiences, not past them, let's not ignore our experiences, but let's inform them with, with God's word. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're all of a product of our experience and praise the Lord that he, we can rest in him for his grace and goodness. And so uh, I want to end with this. Um, it says in 1 John 2, uh, 28, Dear children, continue in him so mm-hmm. that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Um, and we we just, we're able to sit uh, just in his grace and mercy and his goodness and uh, fight the good fight. And this life is hard by faith. So Alex, thanks so much for having, uh, for being here, being on. Yeah. Uh, it's just been a pleasure here. Uh, any, anything else? I mean, just amen and amen, but <laughs> that, that, it's just very encouraging to, uh, um, yeah, just talk about God's word and talk about doubts and talk about uh, subjects and, you know, questions that people have. And so I just pray and hope that it's an encouragement to all those who would hear it. Um, and I also secretly have a love and affinity for podcasts. So it's good to be recording one of our own. Yep. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Living on Mission podcast. Again, this is season two of the podcast, Season of Dallas. Thanks All for right. listening. Peace. Bye.